0: Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Michael Polinoff. I am the proprietor of mptrader.com, uh, the website you see on your screen. And uh, I started writing, analyzing, strategizing, writing for the website back in 2003. So this is my 20th year of doing it. And I'll just give you a thumbnail sketch before we launch into the Magnificent Seven subject of the day. Let me just get to the beginning of today. Uh, okay, so here it is. Good Thursday morning, MP Traders. So I started off with uh, uh, what everyone was concerned about was the economic data, jobless claims, uh, in particular PCE, and we discussed it, that is with the members. And I put up my charts. Uh, most of the time I start off with an S&P E-mini chart a near-term pattern, and then I go on to longer-term patterns. And I discuss here's 10-year yield, intermediate-term chart, what I'm looking for, what this down movement, on and on and on. And uh, throughout the day, it's a diary. And it's my impressions of what's going on, <clears throat> excuse me, using using uh, technical analysis to analyze where things are going. As you can tell, like, for instance, this crude oil, Uh, But also using fundamental analysis, uh, not a kick to tires fundamental analysis, but really macro analysis, macroeconomic analysis, and sector analysis as it applies to individual stocks. Uh, And it goes on through the day. Uh, Subscribers ask me to, or members ask me to look at things that they are interested in. And uh, so here someone asked me to look at uh, COP uh, Conoco. And, uh, a little while later I posted my analysis of Conoco and where I think what this all means and, uh, as a, and as a backdrop, what the oil market is doing. And today we had the OPEC meeting and, uh, needless to say, this is what happened after the OPEC meeting. Uh, you can click on the chart, by the way, and it uh, blows up. And uh, so now you can see this plunge in all its glory after the OPEC meeting, uh, so anyway uh and my last right before i uh right before i contacted david this is what i wrote ese mini end of mar, end of month markup time well uh that's uh that seems to be what what happened at the end of the day let me go back to my uh, chart work and i'll go over to i'll go over to my trade station analytics and let me just show you what happened at the end of the day using that chart that you just saw on my website a little slow but anyway until it's changing pages uh, oh, there up oh, there it goes that's the uh, closing bell so at the end right at the end of the day it was this spike so let's see that's 4550 roughly <laughs> it went up to 4580 in the last uh, 30 minutes of trading so so uh, so that's the way we ended the day. And it looks like right at the the entire, this is the range from uh, November 20th to today, 10 days, 10 calendar days, uh, probably six or seven uh, trading days. And it looks like, well, it's not ready to give up yet. But anyway, that's that. And let's go back to the subject of the day. Since now you know what I do, Uh, you can go to mptrader.com and check us, check me out, check us out and uh, join in on the discussions and I think you'll find it very useful. As far as the Magnificent Seven, so the here's the matrix, uh, price matrix. Uh, these are the seven, uh, Magnificent Seven, as it were. And I've added AMD, CRM, Adobe, Oracle, Crowds, just as other stocks that are tangentially involved in these sectors. And I guess I could put Qualcomm in there and a few others. Uh, but in general, it gives me a cross a cross section of other non-seven uh, that are are in the or in my crosshairs all the time anyway, and here are the here are the uh, ETFs, major market ETFs, and the futures. So let's see, Apple. Uh, I see that um, Amazon just squeaked out a a a red a red close, but Apple uh, was the best of the crew today and. NVIDIA was the worst. Now, NVIDIA is the, I guess, the 100-pound or 1,000-pound gorilla in the group because of AI. So let's start off with NVIDIA. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you my near-term chart work, and then I'm going to change over to intermediate term. And we'll take a look at what, how it's setting up uh, as we come into the final month of the year. I'm sorry uh, if I sound hoarse, I uh, managed to get a really bad cold, uh, the kind that you get once every few years, and it just uh, nailed me butt good this week. Uh, But anyway, uh, I can still speak, at least for a while. Uh, So this is a four-hour chart of NVIDIA. You can see from a year ago, 13 months ago, it hit its low at 108.13, hit its high in August well here is the, the may 24th may 25th earnings reaction that recalibrated everyone's perception of the of ai and the technology sector of the market and that one earnings report on on the afternoon of may 24th reset what everyone now considers to be benchmark bullish uh, interpretation of what these companies are doing, what the chips they're trying to uh, create, produce, and NVIDIA is now a thousand pound gorilla in the group. So this is a massive upside breakout. The momentum of the breakout carried all the way into, now this is May 24th, it carried into August 23rd, 24th. That was another earnings report. Hit a spike high on the morning of August 24th, the morning after Earnings and um, and it spiked. The spike high was five five twenty. Now that spike high has yet to be taken out. So this is the August high. We're in this. Every time Nvidia has come down since June, it's managed to hold right around this four hundred area, for four hundred to four oh five in there. And this past time, it it broke that. In on October thirty first, trapped everyone under four hundred, whipped around, and it took off, and it led the pack up to uh, you know the November twenty first high at five hundred nine fifty. But it did not take out the high. So as far as I'm concerned, this is a range bound trade now for Nvidia. What Nvidia did the day after the the most recent earnings report on November twenty first was it, it spiked down that, that night to 468. And since then, since the 21st of the month, it's traded above 468 until today. Today, it actually broke 468. and hit a low of 464.22, closed at 467.10, but it's still below 468, which leads me to believe that it has now violated what was a high volume low on the, on the night after earnings or the night of earnings. And it has now opened a pathway to move towards the lower quadrant of this, of this, this uh, multi-month, I'd say five month range. And I'm, I'm thinking that it could get down into the 425 to 418 area. And if it does, that would, that is where I expect to see new, new buying and a lot of it. Momentum on the four-hour confirmed today's move, and MACD did it as well. So now this is the picture for uh, just this year, 12 months, and you kind of can get granular with it because each one of these uh, squished candles is a four-hour period. Excuse me. So let's now then go over to my longer-term chart of NVIDIA. Whoops, right there. And I see that. Okay. All right. Let's go to the daily chart. This is the daily chart of NVIDIA. I mean, if we want to go back to the beginning of the chart, it's October of uh, November of uh 2020. So we're three years back. But really what we're looking at is this period here, which is the last year, overla overlaid with the moving averages that are important. I use uh I use other ones than this, but for the purposes of of analyzing a daily chart that goes back years, I use the 10, 17, 50, 100, 200 day uh, simple daily moving averages. Uh, I use other averages, exponential 8 and 20 uh, periodically to check out the sensitivity of these moves on an intermediate term basis. But in general, these MAs, the 1017 are a very good combination. And the 50 is what the street watches, the 100. Not everyone watches the 100, but I find there are certain stocks that are very sensitive to the 100. And of course, the 200-day, which is the institutional uh, parameter for buy and sell signals, uh, that is on an intermediate term basis. So, So as we discussed, here was that spike high to 520 in August. In uh, this month, in November, fast forward to another earnings 509.50 did not reach a full fledged retest of the prior high and now looks like a stair step decline. Now, my perception is that this up leg is over, but it is the beginning of something, not the end of something. Uh, that is to say, that this pullback, wherever it ends, uh, the next rally will tell us. If NVIDIA is going to 550, 600, 650, like the street thinks, like most of the brokerage firms on the street think, or if it's over and out, which would, uh, like on the four-hour chart, I, I thought, I, I think I, I said that I'm expecting like 517 or 518 to, uh, sorry, 418 to 425 to be a, a buy, uh, the buy zone. But now that I look at the daily, I see the 50 and the 100-day moving a- day moving averages are, around the 450 area so that will be the first real test and if it slices if nvidia slices through that and keeps going then i think we'll end up at the four you know 18 425 which also happens to coincide with this massive major trend line uptrend trend line support line so so uh if you're if you're looking to get into nvidia the, the places I would be looking at 450, and then for let's say 420. Uh, if for any reason Nvidia breaks that 392 October 31st low, then all of this a major top, and that and it also break the 200-day moving average, and that will be telling us something about the company and about. AI chips about I don't know it just won't be good for Nvidia. But as long as that is not the case, Nvidia is the powerhouse and is moving higher uh, after this pullback. Okay, that's uh, magnificent. Seven number one. All right, let's um, let's do Tesla next. <clears throat> Elon Musk has been all over the news lately, <laughs> and uh, well, we'll st- we'll stay away from why, but uh, let's just analyze. Uh, where we think Tesla will be uh, going into the final month of the year and into Q1. Ah, uh, Tesla. <clears throat> okay, first we'll use the four-hour chart like we did with NVIDIA. Okay, so this is the Tesla four-hour chart, and it made its low in January of 23 of this year down at uh, 101 proceeds to rally to basically 300 in July and for the last so it had a six month rally excuse me and so far a five month four month four and a half month sideways what looks like to me the end of a major correction occurred in on that October 31st date, the same date that that Nvidia whipped around. Now I don't know if uh, Nvidia was the horse and everything else was the cart but this date is very important and every chart that i show you will probably show a date in and around the last week of october as the pivot point so i think that uh, all of this is related this is the, the massive upturn this is a correct this is a correction from july to to october of this up move this is the beginning of something new and i think to this week yesterday as a matter of fact i right against the trend line that's the resistance line across the uh, July-November uh, highs. Tesla peaked and was repelled by that trend line. And I think that Tesla is vulnerable to getting into this uh, 225, 227 area where I'm expecting renewed buying interest. Now, maybe maybe it doesn't get there. Maybe today's low. It, what was today's low? 236 uh, or almost 237 is it, but I highly doubt it. I think it, there's probably another loop down, and uh, unless, of course, it rallies and takes out the high, and that, in which case it will be confirmed that today was the low. But I, uh, at the moment, I don't think that's the case. Uh, so that's the four-hour chart. It is interesting, though, that if I extend this out here, that this is the breakout level right around 217, 220 for Tesla at the beginning of uh, I'm sorry. It, 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 in the middle of this year, when it took out the resistance from this basing pattern, and I drew in what looks like an inverse head and shoulders, or it is a an accumulation pattern, however you want to view it or label it, it took off. And it's interesting how it came down. It looked like it was, it had more in it on the on the downside, but basically held the breakout level. And now it's it's it has taken off again from the breakout level and i think basically we're going to 320 330 next uh after this pullback is complete so now let's let's overlay that on tesla's big picture chart okay so so this is the daily chart of tesla with my moving averages and you know the daily momentum gauges and this is that inverse head and shoulders this is the low in uh, January, it went right to resistance, pulled back, held, and then it took off from that you know two, two, 10, 2 15 area. And this is the low from October. I made a high in July, the low in October, and this is where it is now. It has to get through this resistance line, and then I think Tesla could really take off. Uh, I do think it's coming down, and I, there's nothing about this chart that's telling me to expect something different than my four hour chart notice that the 50 day ma which is at 235 and the shorter term mas are all clustered right around 232 to 238 so if tesla does get through that 235 234 area i think then that's when you get in into a a larger pullback to 235 um Let's see. Here is the, uh, hang on a second. There's no, uh, <laughs> there's, let me, let me add the 50 and 100 day moving out a- the uh, 100 and 200 day moving average. Okay. There we go. All right. So now I was looking for the 200 day and I didn't see it <laughs> because it wasn't on there. All right. So the 200 day is at two, let's call it 224, right? That's it right here. The 100 day is at 245, 246, which is up here. So if Tesla does break, say, 233, 234, pulls back to the 225 area, just underneath it and rising it up at a moderately sloping angle of ascent uh, is at 224 is the 200 day. So that adds more, I would say, credence to anticipating a turn somewhere in let's say, the 230 to 225 target zone. And that next next up leg will rip through the trend line, the resistance line, and head for a test of 300 and 320 thereafter. So that's what Tesla looks like. And I, I think this is a very bullish-looking setup heading into the final month of the year and into Q, uh, Q1 of 24. Um, before we go on to... Uh, I'm going to do meta next, but I want to show you the my QQQ chart uh, because it's uh, kind of a funky chart, and uh, I'll be the first to tell you that anybody who does any cycle work knows that cycles are there one day and they're maybe they're not there the next. But there's a uh, longer-term cycle that seems to fit the QQQs. Now the QQQs, if you put the Magnificent 7 into the, they are in the QQQs. And I think they're worth about 40, 43% of the Qs the last I checked. So the Magnificent 7 are, is a substantial percentage of the QQQ. So it's worth looking at the QQQ to see if it, if it enhances your analysis. Uh, in my particular case, what this cycle is telling me, if it's still valid, right? And I don't have any reason it hasn't screwed me yet, so I, I'll I'll just take it on faith that it's gonna that this cycle it will will remain intact for its entirety. And if it does, if it is, if its entirety uh, at its entirety, the next bottoming zo- uh, time frame is somewhere in June 2025. Well. None of us knows where we're going to be in June of 2025, but that's not the point of the exercise. The point of the cycle is usually cycles peak uh, two-thirds, 50% to two-thirds through the cycle uh, periodicity, right, time frame. If that turns out to be the case this time, then then the 50% apex of this cycle is in February of 24. Aha, that's not so far away. Uh, the 60% cycle position when when you start to come down the other part of the, the uh, right side of the cycle is in May of 24. And that's a little far from now. However, starting in May, I'm sorry, starting in February, <coughs> excuse me, starting in February of next year, this chart is telling me to be prepared for a cycle peak in the QQQ. Now, you know, it may not peak until May, July, it may not peak, who knows when, but it's at least saying to me, be aware that the next upleg, if you have a pullback at some point into the second month of next year, probably to the fourth month of next year, if the QQQs are rocking to the upside and the Magnificent Seven is still acting magnificently, then that would be the time frame where this particular you know tool in the toolbox is telling me to be careful and that's the point of this exercise all right so let's go over to meta it had an interesting day that's the case so so in terms of time okay meta this is the four hour version of meta and meta is kind of peering into the uh this little abyss here. And I think that this up leg actually is over. Of course, this is the, the meta P meta hit its low on the 26th of October. Whereas uh, NVIDIA and um, Tesla made their lows on the 31st. And so roughly 279 to 340, 343, which was last week. And, I think that that ended something and now we're in a correction. Oh, it's doing its uh it's like we can still talk through this but TradeStation does its uh, it's back at 22 minutes after the hour after the close. So, I'll drink here uh some tea. Okay. So now, if if uh meta is rolling over and this looks like a mini top, if it stays I can't use the cursor yet. Let's see what's going. Yeah, it's halfway through. Okay, so uh, if Meta remains below this 326 area, my sense is that it could make a beeline for 300, and and that would be the next place and a very good place to look for an entry point in in Meta uh, for the next up move. And I think the next up move takes it to 350 for sh- for sure and probably considerably higher than that uh in any case meta only becomes a problem below 280 279 because all of this action which really started in june so basically six months of action will morph from a uh a, a bullish digestion period into a top and uh, so that would that would be a major sell signal for, for META. Okay, so now this is, this is what the you know, META hit its low at, at 8809 uh, last November, like 13 months ago. So this is a very powerful trend line and a very powerful support area. Uh, so let's now go over to the, the intermediate term setup and see what that looks like. Okay, so this is the big picture of META uh and this we've had when it looks when you when you look at it in this from this perspective meta had just an unbelievable move this year i mean i mean it it, not even knowing where it came from where's the pandemic this is the pandemic i mean essentially it it probably it probably had a bigger move than the post-pandemic move well anyway so here is where it is now and this is the up up move that we just looked at and when you look at it from a uh a bigger picture perspective what you see in meta is a lower high in momentum last week and that is concerning uh it's just a reason to think that this little move down from uh 342 to 3 what was the low today yeah 342 to 322 is not over yet here is the 50 day MA, which is at 317 and the 100 day is at 310 and the this massive trend line is like we discussed before 300 roughly 300 so i think somewhere in here test sorry meta will will correct into and we'll have to see how it behaves between say 309 and 315 if, if if it gets there, but that's what I'm expecting at the moment. And if we see an upside reversal or some intraday pattern that suggests that it's exhausted on the downside near term, that will be a signal that it's ready to turn up. But this bothers me. This momentum momentum's pointed straight down. MACD is crossed, uh, but it's in positive territory. And I figure MACD is going into to 0 the it'll be down here before meta will be ready to bottom out or i would say um exhaust itself in the in this correction and uh, you know rsi came down to its midpoint after being overbought it's probably going back down here towards what in meta's case is is its oversold condition which is you know somewhere around 30 to 35 on the rsi uh only if Meta really tanks below the, the trend line and then takes out what amounts to the 275 area and the 200-day, which is a 271, 270, only then would you have a big top in Meta. Otherwise, it's a buy the dip, as it were, in Meta in the, in the weeks ahead, days, weeks ahead. Okay, so let's do Apple next. Which was the sterling performer today? Now let's let's go over to Apple's four-hour setup. Okay, now so what what when I look at this four-hour setup in Apple, what I see I think <laughs> is a completed up leg that started in January at two twenty at one twenty-four that ended at near two hundred in July. Similar, very similar to Tesla and also similar to Tesla was the, was its subsequent correction into the October low. Now it, it hit its low and turned up on October 26th, Uh, similar to, um, to Meta, but not as not, but dissimilar from the October 31st bottoms. And I guess, I guess whatever we said it was um, Apple, no, Meta and NVIDIA. So, so in any case, give or take a few days, it bottomed in the same, it pivoted off of the same time frame, And this, this move straight up from 164.5 to 193, roughly, looks like a completed up leg to me. Now, today, it bounced off of my first support level, which was a 187.40.70. What was today's low? 188.20. So this, this doesn't exactly look like it, wants to come down and lower uh whether or not it can take off again now you know tomorrow is December 1st it's a Friday money comes into the market in the first few trading days of a new month especially in in December unless of course Powell who speaks at I think um 10 I think 10 30 tomorrow and in a panel to, unless Powell says something that reignites the Hawks the um the interest rate hawks uh Powell may just say the opposite he may he may provide more confidence he may provide more confidence to the to the um the interest rate doves so if that happens then this little blip from the past week in on the downside in apple actually is now going to take off to the upside and i suspect that uh, we'll have to put a disclaimer on all of the uh, pullback potential that we've talked about in any of these magnificent seven stocks if Powell says something bullish that rips everything to the upside tomorrow uh, bullish by meaning that uh yeah he'll, they're going to cut sooner than later i can't imagine him saying that but who knows in any case if apple has Another, like if this isn't done on the upside, I think I could see Apple getting to one more new high close to this 195, maybe 197, but not taking out the high before it needs a pullback. In any case, whenever it does pull back, I really don't think you're going to see more than about 185, possibly 182 before it's another buy and Apple makes a run at all time new highs thereafter. So that's what the four hour chart looks like. Let's go over to the daily chart. See if it confirms. See if it confirms what the four hours saying. Daily chart. Let's see. Daily chart. All right. Well we'll make the best we can on this one. Looks like that and that. Looks like I did this one while so all right. So uh, I think you can get the, the gist of this. Let's get the moving average where it belongs. This is the peak of this up leg. So okay so so this was the year long, the, the, I should say the January 2023 low. This was the July high. This is the correction into the uh, 164, 165 area on October 26th. This is what I think was a completed up leg, uh, but I'm not sure now because because Apple acted so well and bounced off of its like 17 day moving average, the, the purple one here, uh, one of the magenta one, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so unless it takes that out today's low, and again, today's low was uh 188, unless it takes that out, this looks like, uh, it's, it looks more so on the, on the big picture chart than the four hour, that this is a minor, uh, high level digestion, sideways digestion period ahead of another pop up. So, more I think about it, uh, the more it looks like Apple is not done with this leg and could probably get into this you know, 193, 195 area. I don't think it will take out the high before it needs a pullback of some sort. The pullback, uh, like I said, I think it could be 182. The trailing 200 day now is at 175, but by the time there is a pullback, I think it's probably up here anyway, and it's probably close to 180. So that's that's the big picture in Apple and it does look does look really great. Uh, in spite of all the all the problems that uh, people want to throw at the iPhone, at China that was supposed to detract, derail Apple, it looks good. and so I had had a, a 202 to 207 high uh, earlier in the year before the correction and uh, that is certainly still doable uh, after a pullback. Uh, let's say a 180 pullback takes you to 205, 207, somewhere in there. So that's Apple. All right. Next, Google. Actually, let's do Microsoft. Microsoft. First, we'll go to the four hour chart of Microsoft. Microsoft's had an amazing year. It looks like Microsoft's a bit tired. And to me, this is is the four hour chart. Had this huge base last year, huge, just powerful upside breakout. And this is after the AI. It's, uh, Bing AI search engine was was uh, unveiled, took off, uh, basically made its measured move, the measurement of this base to here. This is what I came up with when it broke out, and it exceeded that by a few bucks, went to 385.50. But as soon as it broke out, this base pattern enabled me to come up with this projection, so you could have been in, uh, you know, had much advanced warning that Microsoft had compelling reasons, technical reasons to move higher uh, for quite a way, uh, quite a while, uh, quite a period of time. Now, the, the interesting thing is that in between, you could have really had your, your confidence uh, questioned because it had some vicious pullbacks. Now, every pullback, though, came right to the breakout point which would have been a confidence builder, notwithstanding the fact that you had to survive this kind of move. Let's see. Uh, So let's call it 309, 367. So that's a 16% move, and that would have been tough to sit through. But if you uh, wanted to accumulate this, this name or otherwise were trading it, uh, once you saw that it uh, had hit a double bottom where it, it put in a double bottom right at the breakout point from from its uh, May breakout, you probably would have been all over this. And, well, here we are now. Here it is now. Now, to me, unless Microsoft breaks 360, uh, its correction won't amount to very much. And right now, that seems to be the case uh it only basically was unchanged today and it was not all that dissimilar from from apple in that it closed you know pretty much almost closed up it far exceeded performance of nvidia and 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 meta and uh, so microsoft i correct my initial statement that it was looks tired because it on this on this from this perspective the 4 hour perspective it does not look all that tired, so I stand corrected. But let's see what the intermediate term setup has to has to say about Microsoft setup. Okay, now this is interesting. So, so Microsoft, uh, this the year long, thirteen month long up from two twelve to three eighty five, all time new highs, and all there is is a very minor non-confirmation on the intermediate term work so essentially this is a confirmed up move and if it was not confirmed if you had something if you had something like this where momentum didn't make a new high and it, and the, the stock and the, the stock would be on less firm ground uh if you had a a lower momentum reading, but in this particular case, it's pretty much confirmed. So a minor correction is telling me a minor correction rather than a major correction is more likely unfolding in Microsoft. And so we looked at the four-hour chart, the 360 that I identified there is, is right here. The prior high... Is 367 right? So that's another, th- that's something we didn't see on the four hour, which you have to, which we now have to take into consideration. So 367 looks like a place where if Microsoft did roll over, uh, 367 down to 360 is certainly going to be a place where new buying is probably going to emerge. And under the circumstances, let's see, 365 from today's. 379 area that's that's not even four percent so microsoft unless there's some really some really disappointing news uh microsoft still looks like it's it's one to be in on pullbacks okay so let's do microsoft's petition instead of the other way around (laughs) all right here's the google four-hour version of my analysis and so so google also had a massive emulation period from April of 22, really through, which was July of, of 23, and then took off. And Microsoft, if, I mean, sorry, if Google, if Google is to meet its measured move, it's somewhere around 148, 150. And so here, Google did not act very well today. And it looks like in this case, the uplink that began at the end of October did peak, at 141 a week ago, and Google is in a stair-step decline that broke my initial support level at 135, and now I'm expecting 130.70, 130, 130.71 130, as the next place where this pullback will be done or will show signs of being exhausted. And <laughs> let's see, so so that would be a 7% correction from the high. and. At that point, if Google close uh, turns up, I'm expecting it to go to 150 thereafter. So that's the four-hour version of Google unless it breaks 130, 131, in which case then there's a different story because then it's probably coming down to test these lows again. But right now, I don't think that's going to happen. But Let's see if uh, the intermediate term setup confirms or refutes that. Okay then. Now, so this... In general, I see this as a very bullish setup. Big accumulation from here in April of 22 through July of 23. An initial rally, a pullback to the breakout point, all this consumation, and then a ra- and then a very sharp rally from you know, the October, late October to uh, last week. Uh here's the dominant trend line comes right down to that it would go 125 127 The 200 day is also approaching the uh the the breakout area so i think any way you slice it google is bullish The the only question is this pullback where does it stop and could get into here 127 130 in there uh and that's what i would be expecting especially if it closes below the 100 day moving average which right now is at 13283 so if that happens then i think it breaks down into here 129 127 and that's the next place i'd be looking for this to loop around and to turn up and to challenge these highs now if it takes out these highs google is going to take is going to attack its its all time highs which uh, uh, which are all back here. Late twenty one, early twenty-two. That would take you to fifty the to Next up. So the damaging angle gave it all up and brought this support around 120 to uh, I would say one twenty-five. So this is um uh, so this is in a correction and now it's a matter of when where the correction runs its course. Okay. Let's see now. So oh Amazon looking forward to doing Amazon because Amazon was kind of left out of this mess a while you'll see i think that it's not left out anymore. all right let me uh just extend this way down here whoops so uh this is how i see or can interpret Amazon's setup based on my so from january of this year it uh january of this year it went from 81 and a half roughly to 145. then it had a major correction into that october Low that wherever were all the other magnificent six all bottom 118th, and, and then it took off and went to uh, 149 just a couple of days ago. Now, the question is, can it get through this 149? And if it does, it'll take out this high and take off, it'll take out this high and it'll take out this high uh, from August of 22. Now, if it does that, all of this. I mean all of it. If it takes that out, all of it becomes part of the accumulation pattern that will generate an enormous, or I should say, will trigger enormous upside potential in Amazon that it hasn't seen so far. And So you can make the case that well, you have 145 to a you you have like 60 dollars the breakout point, and you're looking at 200. Now my next immediate target based on this setup is 160 but the larger potential is 200 now let's go over to the intermediate term and see confirms the uh see if it confirms what we just discussed well look at this so let's just put that 200 okay knife okay so all of this is accumulation all of this so this is an enormously well, I should. I, I, I need to use the word potential. This breakout or a breakout above 146, 150 triggers enormous upside potential in Amazon. Uh, if Amazon was kind of the, the afterthought this year, and it's a little hard to call it an afterthought, uh, what, 70% or something. But in terms of its the combustibility of this pattern, it looks like it's enormous. So, from a big picture perspective, this perspective, if Amazon does pull back, I see it as a 139, 140 pullback. So, you know, it's right now it's closed at 146. So, it's not much of a pullback, but enough to prove the symmetry of this chart and to work off some of the overbought position of this enormous up leg or sh- sharp up leg before it loops up again. My next target is, like I said, 160, 165. But ultimately, this this combustible has a has the potential of 200. So, what would wreck it? Well, if you got through the 50 day, which is at uh, 134, 135, that would be a warning sign that much deeper retracement of this up leg is unfolding. But until I have to worry about that. I'm not going to. I'm looking for 140. So in conclusion, um, the Magnificent 7 has reasons to think it'll remain magnificent. Uh, And when I overlay the QQQ cycle chart, I think that we have until somewhere between February and May of 2024 before that indicator or that tool is will is telling me to be careful so i think that you know nothing's a straight line up and we discussed which ones of the seven are more vulnerable to a near term pullback than others but uh, but at each one will probably have its its you know, maybe six to ten percent correction at some point. But as at the moment, uh they all look like those will be buying opportunities, uh, not opportunities to uh head for the exits. And on that note, given the time, I'll turn it back over to David, and uh I hope uh, this was useful. I found it useful for myself. <laughs> and thanks for coming.